Hello and welcome to Missing an Audience. In each episode, a different guest from the arts world will talk about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected their practice, how they see things changing going forwards, and about their memories of being part of or creating for audiences. Our aim with this podcast is to hear from and reach as many different people working or studying in the arts as possible, to connect over what we miss and have lost, what we have to look forward to, and what needs to change. We also hope to spread awareness of charities or arts groups struggling at this time. We need the arts and we need audiences. Culture is for entertainment, protest, education, therapy, employment, inspiration and connection. It must survive. Today we're joined by Andrew Joshi. A graduate of the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama, Andrew is a versatile actor and director of stage and screen. His film and TV credits include Years and Years, The Capture, and Giri Haji for the BBC, and Sex Education for Netflix. His stage work includes the national tour of the Railway Children, It's a Wonderful Life, Bryony Lavery's adaptation of The Lovely Bones, and Breakfast at Tiffany's. Based in his home city of Leicester, he has worked extensively with Curve Theatre. He also appeared in Nottingham Playhouse's 2018 production of The Madness of George III, starring Mark Gatiss in the title role, which was broadcast worldwide as part of National Theatre Live. Hello, I'm Jake Leonard. I'm the creator and host of this podcast, and I'm a freelance theatre director. Andrew, pleasure to have you with us. How are you? Yeah, all good. Um, I think like everyone else uh, in the country at the moment in the arts, uh, a little uncertain and a little up and down in terms of your your mood and how you feel about certain things. It's a difficult time for everyone. But I think the uncertainty of what's going on really puts everything into focus with the loss of certain theatres, the Haymarket Theatre and Southport uh, and, a, and a couple of others as well. And even some of the bigger institutions that are on the brink. It really puts everything into a harsh reality, really, of what is going to happen with our industry. Um, and that doesn't help uh, on a day-to-day basis with, with your kind of mindset. But on the whole, I'm okay. Um, ticking over, reading lots, um, trying to not watch Netflix continuously and uh, <laughs> trying to stay off watching television all the time, but um, trying to be as creative as possible mm. with fellow actors that I've worked with and trying to contribute to causes like um, NHS Love, with, which Tamasha held this year, and um, with the sonnets uh, for the German Street Theatre. So, but yeah, other than that, no, absolutely fine. Trying to work keep positive um both being an artist and also just being a a normal human being trying to work and 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 get money in and deal with the homeschooling it's strange isn't it because you don't want to think about what's going to happen next or or try and predict anything so you say it's just not good for you is it but at the same time no and i mean obviously the certain announcements that have been made by certain theaters like cameron mcintosh announced that all his theatres were going to be closed until 2021. We just don't know what's going to go on. You know, yeah. there are still theatres, you know, here in Leicester, um, we've obviously got Curve, 
Hmm. Curve are hoping to reopen again in October. I think. I think that's what they're doing. They're still plugging uh, the Wizard of Oz, which is a Christmas show. And I think the regional theatres are kind of hoping that they can come back in uh, the autumn. Yeah. Um, or at least start to come back in the autumn to get the Christmas shows on because the Christmas shows to the regional theatres are massive. And, and listening to Mark Gatiss uh, recently on the BBC talking about regional theatre and how his um, experiences mm. at not only Nottingham, but everywhere else, but most recently Nottingham on Madness of George III, which I was very, very lucky to be involved in. And with that, you know, him talking about the lifeblood of the community, and it is. The arts councils or the government don't recognise the, the amount that regional theatre, not only London, because obviously the culture secretary's come out today and said that he's not going to allow the arts to dis- disappear. But he's not spoken about anything outside of London. And they, they only gave the interview to the Evening Standard. Mm. So is he just saying that he doesn't want the arts to die in London because... That's where tourism is. Yeah. Or is it arts in general? Because it needs to be arts in general. Because yeah. without the regionals, you don't get London. No, exactly. Know? Because well, you, you don't get the talent. No, no, you don't. And people, there are a lot of people that do the hard yards, touring or the smaller venues to go into the West End. The West End is, is the pinnacle for any theatrical actor in this country to work. And you have to do the regionals. You have to experience what it's like to tour because people just can't afford to go to London all the time or too far from London. So theatre in these regions is, is imperative. And it's just sad to think that we're in that, that situation right now. Boris Johnson and the government or whoever, they've always talked about cutting funds to the art. What have people been doing for the last 11 weeks? They've been sat in front of Netflix. They've been sat in front of Disney Plus watching endless programs made by artists by actors by creatives and without them what would people have done if the arts disappear then they're not only going to lose a you know a billion pound industry in london it's the whole it's going to cripple the country and stopping that not giving it the support that it deserves it's it's crazy it's absolutely crazy yeah and I mean, you know, you were talking about the Christmas shows and for a lot, especially regional theatres, the Christmas show, a lot of people are going to see that. That might be their only trip to the theatre that year. Exactly. Um, and it's a big special treat. And and it's what's great about it is that it gets families in. It's not just, yeah. about, you know, it's not just white middle class couple who like going to the theatre. You know, it's getting inspiring the next generation. So if you can't... Exactly. It's, it's that thing. It's that inspiration for, for the children, to, for the actors, for the performers, for the directors, the writers of the future. Yeah. The endless amounts of, the endless amounts of people that talk about their experiences of going to the theatre when they were children that inspired them to be where they were. I remember having a conversation during Madness rehearsals with Adrian Scarborough. Um, obviously, Adrian uh, is from Melton Mowbray originally, and him going to the theatre with his parents in, in Nottingham and, and at Melton uh, and in Leicester, and being inspired. If we don't have that outlet, then what is there for children? But, you know, the education that you get from things like theatre I mean, I was part of the, the, the Curve CYC Curve Young Company for, for a year and, and, and kind of giving, just giving back. It's always been something that I've tried to do when I've had the opportunity. I mean, when I graduated from Central, I 
went back and talked for uh, voice for periods of time with the voice to tutor at the time who, who took us Claudette Williams. Um, you know, I went in and, and taught some of her classes, just kind of went in as a, um, a guest lecturer, taught people like Andrew Garfield. I don't know. I, I hate to think what it's going to be like in 20, 30 years if we don't have what we, what we have had in the richness of theatre. Yeah. And we're just stuck with adolescents who are glued to tablets and things like that and then don't, don't want to read and don't want to go to live theatre and experience that buzz and that, that immediacy and yeah. the, the crackle of this combined feeling that an audience generates, not only for the actor on stage, but also for the rest of the audience around them, because that combined kind of realisation of something or experience of something is, is so unique in that moment. And it's never the same for every audience on a different day. And that's why theatre is so important. My experiences in theatre has just been incredible. From massive highs like Madness of George III, I mean, every single night, specifically the NT Live night was incredible. Um, but there's this one, there is a moment, and you'll see it right at the beginning, where all of us are on stage, everyone is on stage right at the start. That moment, because we knew how massive and how, how massive the show was. And how, we, we, really, we thought, we felt that the show was was good mm. um and to have people like mark and and deborah gillette and adrian scarborough billy possethwaite will scolding harry kershaw sarah powell nadia albina jessica temple the list goes on I'm adam kareen i need to list them all to make sure i get them <laughs> Annika, jack holden nick bishop um Amanda Heckenhew and stephanie liggins there you go got them all <laughs> oh louise jameson louise jameson as well you know incredible ensemble of people you know produce this uh, magical alan bennett piece that moment for me is probably the same the moment that the, the the kind of the gauze goes or the flat that we're behind goes that moment single moment with the with the music probably the most exhilarating moment i've i've ever experienced because as a collective going out in front of Probably millions of people watching NT Live. For me, is probably the most exhilarating theatre experience I've ever had. Probably the most nerve-wracking as well. <laughs> you know, keep telling yourself, don't fall over, don't fall over, don't fall over in like three-inch heels. Um, you know, make sure your wig don't fall off. All of those kind of things. Amazing. Just the most amazing experience in the world. But then you couple that with other experiences as well. You know, 50 people in a 500-seat theatre or, or whatever. Or having people walk out on you. But theatre wouldn't be theatre. You wouldn't learn unless you had those experiences. And that's why, going back, regional theatre, you get them. You could yeah. be in a show that's amazing. Yeah. And you get like 150 people. And you think, why have I only got 150 people? Yeah. Why are we playing to, Why are we playing a 1,500-seat 15, theatre and we've got 150 people? But you have to go through those. You have to. You have to experience them to have the stories. Because mm. it builds you. It builds you as an actor. You go, right, okay. I know what it feels like to play in front of 1,500 people in a packed house, absolutely full, standing ovation at the end. What does it feel like to play to 150 in a barn? But, you know, you have to learn from having small spaces, small audiences. Mm. And it helps you develop as a, as, a, as a performer, as an actor, because, you know, you can't differentiate between 1,500 and 150. You have to give the same thing yeah. every time. Can you take those 150 people on a journey? 
because those 150 people are more are, are harder to um, engage with the story than it is 1500 because those 1500 are there because they want to be there. Those 150 kind of get the feeling of oh this is really awkward. <laughs> I'm kind of on a row on my own here. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone can kind of see me. Um, the actors can see me. Uh, yeah. So you know those are the tests. Those are the tests. But you, we need we need we need the government to step in. Yeah, we really do. It needs saving. A group of us have been trying to do something on Zoom. You know, mm. it's just not the same. Mm. It isn't the same because it doesn't become a piece of theatre. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't work because of lag, um, internet lag and visual lag, and that, that connection. I mean, there are certain things that give you, when you're doing it on Zoom, you can kind of see certain things are heightened that a camera will pick up that you get from, say, a TV programme or a film, and they affect you. But it's not the same as the immediacy and the contact of a real theatre, that live element of it. Things like anti-live work and Curve Online with the stuff they're doing online and the Hampstead and the Old Vic and... I think Lyric have done one as well. I think The Doll's House has been on. They work because it's a, it's a live show. Mm. It's happened. It, it was recorded during a live show in a theatre. And you have an audience response and you have the responses of, of the actors. So that's why it works. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. We can't, we need it. And yeah. it's, it's frustrating. Um, to think that you know nothing's going to be made until 2021, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think things are starting to move mm. in certain aspects of the industry. I think mm. television is starting to move again. So, TV actors will be back back out, and agents will be back on, and, and things will be going back into production. I know some of the soaps have gone in this week um, from friends of mine that are on. Um, but yeah, I mean the the virus has taken a you know it's 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 had a massive effect on us um yeah. on us all i don't know <laughs> so make, not, sure, so no make sure you don't miss madness of george III. <laughs> madness of george third yes <laughs> nt live at home june the 11th yeah on youtube um yeah we'll be there we'll be there and um yeah, it's going on that. It's 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 one of those really. I mean, it's quite nice that I've got to talk to you today, um, and we can kind of highlight George the mm. Third and the amazingness of the Playhouse in in Nottingham. Uh, Adam Penford and and the team over there made us two years ago so welcome, um, and to pull together a team that he did was incredible and to be part of that I, I was just absolutely blessed and you'll see for those of you that tune in the enormity of the production and the beauty of the production in itself um the design is is, is stunning and the costumes were incredible there was no expense spared and the sad thing about it all is obviously two years ago we had that to sold out audiences and playing to NT live and now we're in the situation where Nottingham Playhouse is in a, a very, very um, difficult position um, in terms of staying open. So they're doing a, a drive 
called Curtain Up, which they're asking for donations um, to kind of help them um, in the, their kind of striving to stay alive. 70% of their income is, is, is naturally through ticket sales. So what I would like anyone to do listening to this podcast, and if they've got any spare kind of money, is to kind of, I know people are furloughed and people are struggling for money. Um, but if anyone can just spare something, um, what I would say is if you could, um, one of the charities that I'm asking people to go to is uh, to, to go to the Nottingham Playhouse website. So that's www.nottinghamplayhouse.co.uk forward slash support forward slash curtain hyphen up hyphen appeal forward slash if you go to the nottingham playhouse website you'll find it on there anyway it's one of the the main headers curve leicester as well asking for donations for anyone that's bought tickets or if anyone wishes to buy tickets for the christmas show which is wizard of oz they are selling tickets for that show because they are still very very hopeful that that will go ahead um in some way shape or form whether it's with restricted seating um, they are still hoping for that to go ahead. So, yeah, www.curveonline.co.uk um, is is the other two. But what I would say is, if you know you're looking to kind of donate money to people, obviously there's a lot going on with George Floyd and Black Lives Matters, which is a very very worthy cause. But also alongside that, if you can um, donate to the theatres as much as you can, the streaming services um, that are bringing you NT Live at Home and the Old Vic. Uh, and the Young Vic, the Globe, also struggling, needing money as much as possible with their streaming services as well. They're asking for donations. So if you do watch something, think about it. Think about if you went to go and see a show, you would pay, I don't know, 15, 20, 25 pounds to see a show. Your streaming service that you have on Netflix or Disney Plus, Disney Plus is six pounds. Netflix for multiple screens is 8.99. You're paying for those things. How about donate, I don't know, a fiver? to the National Theatre, a fiver to the Globe, a fiver to whoever, when you watch them. Because why wouldn't you? You're there watching stellar actors do incredible work. Um, you know, why wouldn't you? It's, if you want to continue seeing them, then we have to kind of do it. Everyone has to pull together. Yeah. As theatre makers, as theatre watchers, if you want the theatre to survive, then we all need to pull in somehow. And um, it's important that you go to these websites, just have a look, type them in. Every single one of the theatres, theatre organisations and the, the theatres nationally and, and uh, you know, ac- across this fair country of ours, they're all crying out for donations. So it's important that we do that. So things like the arts, they need support. Things like hospices and um, old folks' homes, they need our help, you know shelters homeless people they need our help we need to kind of donate to as many charities as we can so the theaters etc etc rainbows hospice here in, in leicestershire which is would have been the other one that i would advocate i know a couple of people that work there um in the palliative care um part of the, the hospice and i visited there with the breakfast at tiffany's uh cast um in 2016 yeah and then and just a a brief note all those if there are graduates listening here uh, from drama school drama school graduates i know it's difficult for you out there right now and i know you kind of in a situation where you don't know where you're going to be in the next few months don't worry you're not alone we're all in this together 
all the artists, all the actors, all the freelancers, we're all in this together. We're all in uncertain times, but I will say to you is stick with it. Stay positive, keep up with your work, keep listening, keep watching, keep reading. Things will change, things will improve, and you will, you will get what you deserve, which is you will get your showcases, you will get your agents, you will get your work, and people will know who you are. I would probably say that in some senses, the casting directors will be a little bit more aware of you now than they probably would have been anyway, um, which is amazing for you guys. Um, not so good for me because you're my competition, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, you the, don't worry. You'll get your time and your time will come. Stick with it. Be positive. Surround yourself with love and people that care and, and give you a kind word. And keep pushing, keep striving to be the best you that you can be. And I guarantee something will come. You'll have many, many down days, but you'll have more up than down. So stick with it. And don't worry, 2021 will be a hell of a lot better than 2020. Wouldn't take a lot, would it? But yeah. There you go. (laughs) No, that was lovely. Thank you very, very much for joining us. Not a problem, my friend. Everyone stay safe out there. And... um, Yeah, good luck to everyone. And hopefully we'll see you in a theatre sometime soon. Thank you for listening to Missing an Audience, hosted by Jake Leonard. With music by Dave Morris, publicity design by Ben Hollands, and voiceover by Rebecca Klee. We'd love to hear your favourite audience experiences and how COVID-19 has affected you. So feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter at Missing an Audience. If you want to donate or find out more about the charities our guest was talking about, you can find the links in the description below. In the meantime, keep safe, keep well and be kind. Next time, we're joined by Chief Film Critic for The Independent, Clarice Lockery. I have a great love for Sam Neill. He <laughs> gave me a toffee once, and that's one of my favourite memories from a junket ever. Really? <laughs> he gave me a toffee. <laughs> he had this, it was for, sorry, this is completely going off track, but oh, no, uh, he, I went to the junket for Hunt for the Wilder People, um, and and he had this this giant bowl <laughs> of toffee at his feet, which I've never seen. That's not like a noble thing in junkets. <laughs> celebrities to have bowls of candy <laughs> at their feet and it was him and it was Julian Dennison as well so maybe mm. the candy was for him I don't know who the candy was for um and so we did the whole interview and then I was getting up sort of making sure I got like that there's you kind of have to stick around after the interview because they give you tapes and cards sorry and you have to maybe like unhook your mic sometimes and see this toffee coming towards me <laughs> gently being placed in my hand (laughs) and look over and it's Samuel being like there you go